Good day, good evening, good night, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Black Cauldron. Don't worry, there will be a tennis fans podcast coming out soon behind this or before this or something of that matter. But <laughs> rest assured, there is tennis to be talked about and there is also magic to be spoken about. We are in our 23rd episode of this pot up. Well, it's not a I don't want to say it's a pot up podcast because I have been assured by the ladies that when we have finished with this book, which is five years from now, <laughs> the series, <laughs> we will be moving on to other books that will just that just happen to have been published in the world beyond Harry Potter. So it's really a literary podcast, though for now we have been discussing the Potter books. But before I go any further, let me introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. I am nothing without these ladies. We have Deb. Professor Deb, how are you? I'm doing great. Looking forward to getting into our discussion. I know I had a little pep in your step, Deb. What's going on? Yeah, you know, <laughs> finally, you know, just get old enough, you have your good days. <laughs> <laughs> Today's a good day. That's good to Today's know. a good day. And we have Janina in Farron, Ohio. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be one of the seven potters. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to this discussion because it's magic <laughs> action. You know, I love that. You know, uh-huh. I love that. And we have Reels here with you. So apparently, Janina, just like we, we, we don't even have to dilly dally about anything. We're going to get straight into the mess and the madness. Hey. We get to the step. There was, you know, I just, I hope it comes to me. There was, oh, I know exactly what it is. And it's going <laughs> to tie in very brilliantly. So I forgot to mention that for the very first time, Harry Potter questioned his magical education. <laughs> he wondered when he was reflecting as he was reading the memorandum, the, the, the obituary, he wondered, he, he, he cut himself, remember he cut himself on the cup. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, he was frustrated I couldn't do magic. But he said, but even though... Even if I could do magic, I didn't even oh, know how to do how. myself. I didn't <laughs> even know how. And it was like... And, I kept on... and there was no Hermione there to fix it. Exactly. And I kept thinking, Harry, you're so close to getting to the point where you realize, I have to be... If I'm going to be embarking on this adventure, I need to do a lot of work. And it just seems so really crazy. It's like me preparing <laughs> to go to medical school, but, you know, just like, huh? I'm not... <laughs> I don't mean like... But it, it just but it's the very first time that he questions that that how limited his magical education is, which is funny because so often we see him as being this thoroughly magical figure. And the children in the trio, they looked for Harry as the problem solver. And that he would, if anything else, he would know the magic or able to do the magic to get them out of trouble. Though interestingly enough, Hermione is the one who does most of it. Cut it out. <laughs> but so Harry is left alone in the the Dursley's Privet Drive for the very last time, hopefully. Um, in my mind, I imagine that house got caught a fire and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the neighbors were just like, oh, no one has been around to number 23 uh, Privet Drive in forever. Is it 23 or number 12? No, it's Grimald Place number 12, but. Anyway, now that you've anyway. asked, I don't know. 16? No. I don't. <laughs> oh, hell. Right. We've been talking about this for that's 23 what, podcasts right, and we don't know the right. damn address. 
I thought it was, you know, I don't know why I thought it was a single digit Full number. Full pivot drive. Thank That's you. Right. I thought right. it was a single digit number. I wanted to say seven, but I knew that wasn't right. Okay. <laughs> pivot drive. I don't know where I got 16 from, but hey, four it is a derivative. Right. It definitely sounded right. <laughs> so, and the order so the comes. Dursleys are gone. The Dursleys are gone. The house is just. And you know what? It's funny, and I guess she, it's the house just feels like a house. And I don't know if I've ever imagined the house has ever been a home, if that makes some sort of sense. There was no, and I, I don't know, I, even when Harry wasn't there, you never even thought back to what are the Dursleys doing when Harry isn't there? <laughs> you never think of all these people. Oh, uh, they're not doing anything. Petunia is cooking and cleaning. Vernon is on the couch, and Dudley is beating people up. That's That's what. <laughs> happening right and i think you know she's spying on the neighbors and you know making sure that nothing under out of the ordinary is happening anywhere so yeah they're the least magical people we in the world so we know they're not doing anything special how wonderful but you have this situation where um the order shows up and they explain the plan of why it is they have to do the things that they have to do. So they are going to move Harry to a safe house. And they have decided that the magical trace, he can't necessarily perform magic. If he's to use any magic to transport himself, it will be problematic. It would bring the ministry down. So they have to move out in the open. And in moving so in the open, they had decided to put seven, six decoys, basically seven decoys. All together, you know, using polyjuice potion, making everybody into a potter, because they are absolutely sure that at some point that there will be a lookout anywhere around the area. Though Voldemort cannot actively come in, though, which is odd that I know Voldemort cannot go into Privet Drive, but surely somebody else can go into Privet Drive to attack Harry. We saw this with the Dementors, but. But I think the Dementors probably would not fit into the category. The same way that um, Dobby wouldn't fit, but in the they didn't go in the house. They were down the street. But the but Dobby came in the house. Yeah. So I think that other other than wizards, other magical creatures, you know, operate under a different way. Than, I think say, it's a there's a Fidelius charm on the house. You have to you no, have to be no told. No, but but it but it does have protections. In and the, the house has protections until Harry is of age. And they say that um, the Death Eaters know the general vicinity, but they don't know which house it is. And that they put protective charms on remember, um, a bunch of houses in the surrounding you know, of of Harry's neighbors, just in case they were to figure out, but Somehow they don't know which house it is exactly, yeah. and I think probably you know the only reason that Dobby can was able to get in is because again we always kind of underestimate the power of elf magic, right? And the barriers that they can break. We have no idea. We have no real idea what elf magic really is. We just know that it is beyond normal. Um, it, well, we just know that it doesn't hold up to the same rules. Right. And regulations. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, but, hmm. So what powers. did you think of this plan? Whew, well, you know, when when everyone arrives at the house and they're discussing it, 
really, I mean, I thought, okay, whatever. Um, I thought it was weird that Harry was going to be with Hagrid. I understand that. That's Harry's family, though. You you realize that, right? Well, in a home that was never. I mean, in terms of if we, sorry, just to point out, um, if we had to point out, like you know, literary, you know, themes or whatever the case may be, <laughs> this house that never represented a home for Harry now house all the members of his family, mostly a representation of his family. The Weasleys, all of them basically are there. The people that he's mm-hmm. mostly connected to. I think Bill is a stand-in. Well, even Arthur is there, right? So no, the parents not Arthur. Arthur. No, Arthur is there. Oh, yeah, Arthur's there. Yeah. Bill is there, and, you know, the twins, Ron. You have the members of the Order. You have... Um, Mundungus, Lupin. Lupin. So they're all basically punks. Yeah. Punks. You know, the people that he has been close to, his school friends and outside of school. If Sirius were alive, he would have been there. If Dumbledore would have lied alive, well, Dumbledore would have figured out some other way of doing that. Actually, Dumbledore was Dumbledore's plan. I know, but no, I mean, if Dumbledore were alive, you know, Dumbledore would go pick up Harry by himself because he's that badass. Well, what I was going to say is that I was, it, I understand the theory of if they were going to be caught, that the Death Eaters would assume that Harry would be with the most powerful. Mm -hmm. So they would go after them first. And that wouldn't, for me, that would not have been. um... Listen, you put him with Hagrid with the umbrella, with the flowery umbrella. Well, Come I on. think I, mean, I think that was the point, right? That was the I mean, point. Yes, that, that was the point, yeah, but I think it's stupid. It's totally to throw them off, and it almost got them killed. <laughs> but well, because also, of course. But it's also on a literary basis. I, this is where I thought you were going, Reels. It's full circle. Right, because Hagrid yeah. brought him there. Because Harry Hagrid brought him there him in that motorbike, and now he's going to take him away. Now he's taking away. him away. Mm-hmm. Forever. There's lots right. of things that come full circle in this right. book. It's one of the it, things that I love about this book. But I would say that um, for me, I actually thought it was an interesting plan. And what happens when they leave, I was like, let me tell you something. I double over when I was reading the book. I was like, what? Let me go back on the other page. Because I think <laughs> I might have missed something. You know, because in my mind, I'm playing everything out. You know what I mean? I'm seeing them in the kitchen. I'm seeing the plan. And God, Harry just makes me it's just so insufferable with like, oh, my God, I don't believe I would not allow you people to sacrifice yourself for me. Bitch, you do this all the time. You put people <laughs> right. in danger every <laughs> freaking book. And that's what they say. And finally, it's... Exactly. Finally, some adults are involved in the conversation. So that if you're taking underage wizards and witches with you, you're going to try to catch some feelings. Well, we ain't got time for this. Because, and this thing about just like, you can't do magic. So what are you going to do? What is your plan, Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. I hear Especially nothing. Especially since they have one day until um, the trace will disappear. The trace will disappear, right? The and trace actually, can... no. I mean, actually, the trace will... Will... No, the trace is broken already because the Dursleys are leaving. It says, yeah, by the time you leave, there'll be no going back. The yeah. charm will break the moment you get outside its range. We're choosing to break it early because the alternative is waiting for you-know-who to come and seize you the moment you turn 17. Right. One thing we've got on our side is you-know-who doesn't know we're moving you tonight. We've leaked a fake trail 
to the ministry. They think you're not leaving until the 30th. So, but but remember, isn't hasn't Snape told them the the real time that they're supposed to to go? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's the only way he can. He, that's one of the ways he wants to stay. He needs to stay in good graces. That right. removes some of the suspicion from him, from himself. That um, and 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 to keep Voldemort thinking he can be trusted. But it's Severus for you, right? Severus. You know what I? Before we get too. Far, um, I was re-listening to the Seven Potters pot, uh, chapter last night, and I was like, "Man, there is a lot of little tiny pieces in in yep. this bit right here that keep, you know, that just bring everything to fruition." We've got Moody right telling everybody, "Come on, stop chatting. There'll be time later." And, you know, it's him that's saying, we're going to have time for this later. And then it's him who dies, right? And then right. they all take the polyjuice potion. And it fails Moody again. Again, he kind of gets thwarted by polyjuice potion. Or, well, not him personally, but when it's involved, when he's involved with it, you know. I mean, the last time we saw Moody, it was polyjuice potion that no, didn't we saw do- Moody. We see Moody. In, in, last time we saw Moody, was in the- I was rolling on the ground in book five. But I, when he had a major part, when when right, he, right, right. you know, when he was six. supposed to be a teacher and blah blah blah. So book I mean, it was four. just like all yeah. this little stuff. And then he says, "Even you know who can't split himself into seven? And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And it's just little stuff like that that I never, I didn't pick up on all of that first time around. Because um, remember, but, the, the, the the central part of the plan, right, is that they all know that. Voldemort is keen on killing Harry himself. That is important. That right. much they know. So that's why he's saying he can't split himself into seven. Because what Voldemort would want to do is that kill everybody else. But at this point, they're like, we don't know who to kill. We, we would probably target the more experienced person at the helm, which is Kingsley, etc. And so what happened is that Voldemort decided to strategize and he's picking people off of who he thinks he's who is the more formidable opponent. He goes to Moody first. Yeah. Then he goes to Kingsley. Which again, Hermione. But you know what, real? Every time I every time I think about this, I think about what you, you said something about Moody ages ago. And it's so true. You're like, okay. he's done. He's been done for a long, a time. long time. Like, but why then, are we putting so much into him? We have not seen him succeed at anything in these books, you know, honestly. But you Nothing. know what? Okay, I'm going to say this. And this goes back to this is why Deb is here. You know, Deb <laughs> pro- provided a very interesting argument for Moody. She says, Moody's like a wartime vet. Right? Moody is that person who comes back from Vietnam, not the Korean War, um, even the later editions of these Desert Storm, etc. And they have seen some things. They have seen the worst of humanity. So I think he should be on the planning committee, not the fighting committee. But this is is the point that Dumbledore is trying to make, and this goes back to, like, there is no planning committee. Moody has to be involved in the action because there is no other choice but for Moody to be I know, involved. I just, I don't like it. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I agree. Because Moody is supposed to be the badass in whatever the case may be. But Moody is done. Moody has no eye, a magical eye nonetheless. He's lost limbs. 
And I don't know because we we have seen that it is possible to make limbs or magical limbs, but who knows right. what kind of magical repair damage that has been done beyond ordinary repair. You know, Moody's walking around like a man, like Captain Ahab, right? <laughs> who's right, chasing, right. Who's chasing this white whale and Moody's fixing for one last fight. You know what I mean? But he's but also we we know from Moody's own statement that he's been he's been facing the worst of the worst, right? When we see yeah. Moody in Moody's yes. element when he's the height when they like fifteen years ago in the pensive, Moody says a man took off a piece of his nose. So, you know, I, so Moody has been in the thick and throes of battle. And he's trying to pass it on to the younger people. And trust me, girl, Tonks ain't that great either. I mean, I don't like it. You don't it. think so? I but, think Tonks could be. But I think, I think, I think Right. I think Tonks is often um, um, held back by her own emotions. But I think Moody is is Moody's a terrible case of PT was it PTSD? The, yes, and Moody has and, no family, and, no children. Right. You remember Moody that when we saw we first meet Moody, Moody's in a battle with some uh, um, garbage bins. Garbage bins. So <laughs> that's <we> right. Know, <laughs> so we, Moody has been Moody has been damaged, but I do think that you know, just like this is so typical of Dumbledore is to figure out i'm gonna figure out the what's remaining in these people you know they've aged they you know whether it's slughorn whether well slughorn i said something else dumbledore wanted but you know he's always looking around for people that other people have thrown away have tossed away even down to, even down to lupin he, he wants he goes and gets these people that everyone else has given up on or tossed away or not interested in and so it's not it, so it this whole idea that Mad Eye would be kind of the general of this particular operation is is in keeping with the kind of way Dumbledore has always acted, and they're still acting on Dumbledore's plans. I mean, it hasn't been that long, right? Um, so they're still acting. The order is still very much acting on the things that Dumbledore put out there. So, because but Dumbledore. I know I hear you. I hear you, Janina, because but, you know, Mad Eye. There's some limitations with Mad Eye, right? But also, I have to say, um, there's another element to add to what Debbie is saying is that Mad Eye is the only person, short of Dumbledore, who can rally the troops. Right. Mad Eye is the only possible leader could to 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 gather those forces. It isn't Arthur who can stop them from talking and chit the chatter. It is yeah. Mad Eye. Like right. because they're all afraid of him, and, but still, I well, still say at the, at the end of the day, you know, he could have been there. He could have rallied the troops. They could have had six potters instead of seven, and he didn't have to be involved in the battle part. I just well, they, I, we know the I, history I, of Moody. You know how he really, is, right? You know I, we, how he is from book well, five. Well, he would right? never do that. He would never sit back. I get Not that. Not only that, too. Madai is extra precautious. Right? Yeah. Right. Go north to go south. <laughs> right? Right. right? He's gonna go Apparently north to go for to go south. So he's he's always vigilant. And I mean it's kind of funny that he could see the back of his head and you know, but you know he has a, a soft spot too. Look how Tonks talk to him. My eye, that's nasty. We've told you that. Do not take your eye out in public. Right. You, right. Can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that mess out in the streets. You know, so I think, I mean, you know, you know, Deb, Deb has saved me from, you know, Cass and Mad-Eye aside, because it is frustrating, right? Because you are constantly being told, Mad-Eye is this real badass. But then every time we see Mad-Eye, 
he doesn't get to get off much spells. You know what I mean? He's always, but in defense of Mad but in defense of Mad Idol, people who are coming at Mad Idol, they're coming at Mad Idol hard, real hard. Well, because, because they, they know said, that he's he he's good when he can do it. The problem but, is he doesn't do it well anymore. That's why he and he's at all these people. people this mofo ends up dead. People knows his weakness, right? Because right. this is why they, they know just to scatter his brain. That's why Peter Pettigrew and um, Barty Crouch did, right? Shake the garbage bins. He come out and fight the garbage <laughs> bin and then nap him dead, right? And then in this time, he what happened is that he attempted to save to keep the plan going. He attempted to grab Mondongas. Yeah. That's what he was doing. Yeah, he, he was, was trying to grab, save his little sorry ass. Save Mondongas. And then, because if Mondongas disapparated, then they're going to know. They're going to know that what really is happening. Well, they Harry, knew I mean, but they, uh, well, I don't know. We don't, I guess we don't really know what they knew because they kind of split apart. But they, no, they didn't. Everybody took off together and then they were immediately surrounded. So they would have known. To chase everybody because they didn't know. And I think Voldemort may have indicated to them. Because remember when, um, as they're going, no, they, they, they realize that. Know. They, they do know. know. Because, because that's what the person said. This is the real one here. They but were we mostly... find, no, we find out at the end that they did know there were going to be seven potters. No, 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 no. They didn't know. No, 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 no. The, the central part of the plan was that they didn't know there will be seven bodies. Right. They just knew that they were going to move that day. Move, move him that day. They didn't know that there would be imposters. They knew there that be imposters, they just knew yeah. they were moving that day. As That was what the discussion didn't was Didn't Snape... No, 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 no. Snape, <clears throat> Snape told Mandongas the plan. Right. Right? Mandongas was under the con- confounder's charm. Okay. But that was essentially the part. That was the part that, that Snape withheld. That there would be seven potters. Right. Snape Snape knew, but the Death Eaters didn't know. Is yeah, that what? Our... Right. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because because it's Snape who told Mandangas and Mandangas said the plan. It was Mandangas' plan, actually, basically right. to that. But because he, he Snape confounded him and, right. and right. said, "This is what plan. you're going to do." And Dumbledore, yeah. and Dumbledore okay. said that um, this is essential. That the essential part of the plan was that there were going to be seven people, and yeah. I think Dumbledore knew. That uh, they knew anyway, the other knew as well that they would have been keeping a lookout there anyway, and that Voldemort is not that difficult to get, which we see at the very end, right? It's easy to call him to a particular place, right? And Dumbledore, right. Voldemort had to have known that it was essential that they move him within this time frame, right? He had to have been moved towards the end of July, mm-hmm. yeah, he has to go somewhere, and because remember, part of what they were waiting for. The essential plan was that they get the ministry also, which is what they were discussing. So they wanted to be able to get the ministry, but they couldn't wait for that. So they had to go anyway because the ministry fell after July and August, basically. Right. So, but this to me was really, I mean, the whole sequence is really crazy. I mean, in my mind, it was just like, oh my God, this is so chaotic. Like, what about everybody else and everything? And, Again, Harry's trying to play hero, and he's inadequate. He's in, inadequate for the task. You're not up for the task. And when you were here going off, I was just like, Hag, um, Hedwig, what the hell? You can't that kill Hedwig, brutal, right? I was that like, was God, this, this that was, was brutal. That I was mean, heartbreaking. That's when you know 
she meant to take everything from him. She really, she didn't even want to. That's like when you somebody says, "I'm not going to leave you the lint in your pocket." <laughs> she meant to take everything from him. He was going to be stripped of every kind of emotional, psychological, and spiritual crutch. Well, and also, I mean, seriously, you can't be on the run with a white snowy owl that you don't no, see. Right. I, mean, no, I mean, I mean, Hedwig can. was really smart. <laughs> I mean, you, you cannot, but but Hedwig is not a. But Hedwig is not a. Hedwig was not a dumb thing, right? Because you could have no. went free. Because he was Hedwig. Hedwig had moved already. Because I think in book three or book two, he told Hedwig to clear out. Yeah. Right. There was at one yeah. point to to clear out and go somewhere. He tell her where to go. But yep. again, the other thing is that where would you hide a snowy white owl, right? And that would have been something. But I mean, I get it. Maybe, but girl, it's just like go up in the sky, boom, green flash of light, headway. I mean, we didn't even get a chance to start flying. I didn't even know what this. This is where I stopped. I was just like, um, what I just read here cannot have what has happened. So I'm gonna go back and read, and hopefully. I am make. I had just made up some words in my head. <laughs> this now nah, just have it. Hedwig was wiped out like if I. It was if you've been clearing a table, like you were knocking lint off, a, like you were emptying lint out your pocket, like you said, Deb. In a way, mm-hmm. it's just like Hedwig was just gone, and then he had to literally blow up the thing. I mean, Hedwig, yeah. Harry was showing some sense of magical sense. I didn't expect from him, but I was really disappointed with. Basically, what was happening here? Because it was just like, Harry, they are trying to kill you. This is why people... You talk about the fact that people were sacrificing their lives to save you. And yet, you weren't even honoring these people by really defending yourself and incapacitating these people. And then this whole stupid motorbike nonsense, bull a brick wall, and I was just like, oh, good Jesus. This is like a, this is like a cartoon now. There were moments of it, it was just like it was really weird and crazy. It was like, why are you even hitting the um finally somebody got sense was just like hitting a motorbike because I'm just like, if you can't hit the person, hit the broomstick. You know what I mean? Do right. something. Right. It was just it was just like it's just where when when magic is really in is needed, particularly to save lives, it's when magic becomes the most like silly at some points in this book. I mean, because we're talking about really crazy magic. We just literally left a place where there was a protective charm charm based on blood relation. That is crazy. It's been in place for like six, 17 years. You know what I'm saying? That is complex, crazy magic. And then you go and then people are be trying to be like stupidify. It's just like, <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? We've had this conversation before, but I think that it's it's really about a difference in the ethos but, of but, the two. But Debbie, it just cannot be that. You... I know what you're saying. You're saying that you know you cannot beat with stupefy when somebody's doing the killing curse. But but you know, not only that, sense. to not only that, it's that you are allowing these people to live another day to kill you again. Right, right. Harry's not going to kill anybody. Period. I mean, that's the that's the that's the the ethics of the yeah. of their of that group is that we're not going to use the same methods 
um, as people, the evildoers, so to but, speak. But, but, this, but this isn't about, but you see, this isn't a matter of ethics here, right? No one is, because here's the thing. It's not a, it's like if, I mean, Jesus turned you the cheek kind of a thing, right? I am being attacked. You are causing destruction. We're trying to fight to save you. Like, like it's one of those, it's, it's that question that comes up all the time when you have these questions with children's book. And I think, I've seen other series attempt to deal with this thing even much more, more, more clearer, right? Where you have, a, I think I can think of Avatar, where that question comes up, right? The person, the, 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 the Avatar being the person chosen one comes to be to, you know, he's in a hypothetical situation with the evildoer. And he's just like, my spiritual teaching taught me not to kill. And they're like, what are you doing? We have a problem here. This is what the other characters are saying. We have a problem. This isn't how it works. You cannot let this man live because his plan is to destroy everything. Not yeah. just take over something here. It is to destroy everything and everyone. He cannot be alone. And, it's, and it is your responsibility. And he goes through a whole spiritual you know, journey, whatever the case may be. He finds a walk around and around to take away his power. But it is this situation with Harry, and it, it doesn't, I think, but, you know, she, she mistreat Lupin, and Lupin gets to have this conversation. But because it, it is a problem, Harry. You are literally fighting a war, and if you are fighting a war, and that you do not want to fight, then you cannot be in the war. It becomes a problem because mm -hmm. people are trying to save you. And everyone else is dying around you. And this is where I find, it. So, so for me, Okay, even if my problem mostly isn't isn't even so much so like kill or not kill kind of situation. I'm expecting like a Batman situation where Batman incapacitates you. You gotta be in the hospital for like weeks and then recover. <laughs> but you no, and that's rehab. what Lupin says. Some of the others are are killing people. But Ron kills somebody. Ron killed Bellatrix's husband. He's Ron. Dead. Yes, he does. There is no other explanation. I mean, there's probably no other explanation, but that just seems to be the indication. Because what? Bellatrix and her husband went after... Um, no, they say... Tonks Tonk says exactly what Ron does to him, and it's not kill him. He, he, Ron does something and gets them away, but Ron did not kill anybody. Rodolphus. We got Rodolphus. And then Tonks explains that later. She says... No. I, yeah... She, Ron, I don't think Ron kills anybody. Rodolphus has never seen. Listen, um, Ron would kill somebody. There is no question in my but mind. He I'm might have, but I don't think that's confirmed in the book. I really don't. I, well, there is no mention no, of Bellatrix's husband was, ever. He just, stunned. He stunned. He stunned him. He stunned. He stunned him. Yeah. That's what Tonks, yes, Tonks yeah. says Ron when they get back. Ron. Yes, she says yeah. Ron. Ron was, Ron yeah, was he does not one of the Death Eaters straight to the head, and when you're aiming at a moving target from a flying broom. And so, yeah, so that because when uh, that might not be him, but then she says we got Rodolphus, so Rodolphus is dead. No, we definitely injured Rodolphus. She then said we injured. Got, yes, we definitely. That's why you make us stuff up. No, no, is the word you use injured? Deb is reading from the book. I'm reading from the book. Okay. Yeah, on seventy six. Uh, Bellatrix, she wants me quite as much as she wants Harry Remus. She right. tried very hard to kill me. I just wish I'd got her. I owe Bellatrix. But we definitely injured Rodolphus. Then we got to Ron's Aunt Muriel's and we'd missed our port key and she was fussing over us. Right, but and you, so never, see, and you never see Rodolphus again. 
No, I've never seen I mean, a lot of these. You know, right. People, well, you see everybody I mean, else, though. No, we don't. Who is, who is, uh, who is, I was actually wondering, and I wonder it every time I read it, when we get to the end of, of, of this, this battle, when Voldemort appears and he says, Selwyn, give me your wand. Who is that? Selwyn is, um, hold on. I know him, um, because Selwyn comes back again. But did we know him before? Yes. He's mentioned Selwyn. I don't know who this is. Um, and I actually have a list of characters, and I don't have it handy. But um, yeah, I think I think we've seen him before. Because Selwyn goes with Travers to the Lovegood house. It's Travers and Selwyn goes to Harry um, when um, uh, when when oh, when, uh, they were, right, when they were right, um, yeah. Xenophilius' house. Yes. But I'm almost sure that we had a full name for him. I don't know why I thought that I knew his full name, but it's always it's just Selwyn. Okay. Well, regardless, Ron's, he didn't, he, I don't think, we can't, it was not stated clearly that Ron killed anybody. Well, of How course, because, we, because they never, we, they but never, she does say he stunned him. So I don't, because we never talk adventure. about people who, um, we never, because somehow she, and I'm just like, sweetie, you're not going to deal with this situation. And yet we're going to turn around and see Colin Creevy and his brother dead. Girl, I ain't got no time for you. I have no time for this nonsense. This isn't a matter <laughs> of ethics. This isn't a matter about ethics, and I, I, I get that. But you know what? Even sense. when, but you have, but but this is this is making a mockery of the world building that you have created. No, it's not. It really it isn't. Is. It is a it is a battle of good versus evil, and what are you willing to do to win? Are you going to take the high road or not? But Even you know, when this isn't a matter of high road, low well, road kind of business. This is. About, I mean. But it is. You don't want it to be, but it is. But Janina, if someone comes when... to your house and kill and is attempting to kill your husband. What are you going but to listen, do? Or your family? Even you're. This is the. This is the book. You. You're projecting. No, and that's why not, it's not. This even not Remus tells Harry. Even Remus tells Harry. If you're not going to be prepared to kill, then you must be prepared to fight. And Harry says. Should I have killed Stan? Is that what you wanted? And he says, no, of course not. But you have to be prepared to fight. They're not teaching them to just go out and kill whoever. They're not. I mean, but, that but, has been the basis of the story but the entire see, time. But you it, have made this argument as though one is saying to just go see Stan Shunpite somewhere and kill Stan Shunpite. Harry is not a murderer. This isn't because what does he say? He puts on the... He adds even more to this business and saying, I'm not going to be like him and just go and just kill people all of knock people out of the way. And this is not what is being this is not the this is not the situation here at all. Because well, I don't I think the adults say, are doing he, the killing. Huh? When he does say, Harry, the time for disarming is past. That's exactly. These people are trying to capture and kill you. At least stun if you aren't prepared to kill. And Harry says, we were hundreds of feet up, stands not himself. And if I stunned him and he'd fallen, he'd have died the same as if I'd used Avada Kedavra. Expelliarmus saved me from Voldemort two years ago, Harry added defiantly. Lupin was reminding him of the sneering Hufflepuff, Zachariah Smith, who had jeered at Harry for wanting to teach Dumbledore's army how to disarm. 
Yes, Harry, said Lupin with painful restraint, and a great number of Death Eaters witnessed that happening. Forgive me, but it was a very unusual move then under imminent threat of death. Repeating it tonight in front of Death Eaters who either witnessed it or heard about the first occasion was close to suicidal. So I think... And Harry, he, Harry had a retort to that, didn't he? Because he said something so along the lines of... So you think I should have killed Stan? Of course not. But the Death Eaters, frankly, most people would have expected you to attack back. Expelliarmus is a useful spell, Harry. But the Death Eaters seem to think it's your signature move. And I urge you not to let it become so. He adds something along the line. Doesn't Harry say, you know, oh, I won't just go and Yeah, I won't blast people out of my way just because they're there. That's Voldemort's job. And see, then... Um, I got mad at that. Because distracted. one, you can't be... T First of all, lower your tone when you're talking to Remus James Lupin. That's number one. Don't you <laughs> dare take that tone with Remus. That's right. Two, I don't understand because this is precisely... You just literally had a conversation about half an hour, an hour ago about people sacrificing themselves for you, Harry. And right. this is, and it, it's like that situation where like the Hunger Games scenario comes in again. You're literally putting... The wall that you have built is that you have to kill people to get food, right? Unless you are willing to protest that whole movement, that whole argument. Once you are in the game, you have to kill somebody, right? And they try to slid around this fact for Katniss all the time. And it's the same thing here. Literally, we talk, this book started off with a attempted triple murder. The right. man is attempting to kill a child, right? And defending yourself in this situation doesn't make you on par with a homicidal maniac. It doesn't make you on par with that situation. Because here's the other situation. There is no, there is no wizard in justice in this world because we know that Azkaban was never really safe. To begin with, Azkaban was a problematic setup even before Vol when Voldemort was away. It was a problematic setup, and as soon as he arose, the jail no longer exists. Because we know, um, what's his name is supposed to be in jail? And we just saw him a while ago, um, Malfoy. It's a problematic setup. We know the Ministry of Magic cannot contain any of these people, because Ministry of Magic officials <laughs> is literally in this chase as well. So you right. have this situation where... I understand that you cannot come, okay, maybe to kill somebody, but you cannot, you, you cannot come with this argument that you're going to play patty cake with someone who's trying to punch you in the well, face. Well, I think that's what Lupin is saying. Right. That's exactly but, what Lupin is saying. But, 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 the saying. Argument, but Harry is making, Harry, Harry is not. Against because he's not comfortable trying to kill somebody. And he's like, he knows that Stan is what, imperious probably? Because he, he's described as having a blank look in his eye. So he's, he's feeling sorry for somebody who is doing who is under a curse doing someone else's bidding and not really knowing. I mean, there's there's many layers to this, and I get it, but well, is, you can't this... discount that he feels sorry for someone who has been taken over by Voldemort and not pro... wanting to but, kill but, him. But, Ginny, this doesn't, this doesn't change the fact that these people are trying to kill Harry and kill no, his people. No, it doesn't, but we it probably doesn't. just need to and move this, on. And, and that argument <laughs> doesn't but, but I, but I, I think I think that's the... You talk about the 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 challenge to the world building. I think that's the whole point of, the, of this, mm -hmm. is to make this debate. 
is to put that debate front and center as part of the of the book. Is that that, that you said it earlier? You know, how far will you go? Um, or, or maybe it was Janina. How far will you go to um, to save your own life? Now we can say, I'm going to go. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Or how far will you go to save other people? around you, innocence or what have you. So I think that's the point of it, is this is the very debate that we're having, is mm -hmm. how is to raise that question and to, and to look at it. And because you have, you, the way Harry and, and Lupin are talking, you have that debate going on. Because here's the thing, it would be one thing if these people, when they were stunned, they're out of the picture, they come back again. Again and again and again and again, <laughs> right? Well, we need again. to move. We we need to move on. No, I, I mean I get that. I I, I know that. But it, but but it, my point to this is just like it becomes one of those things where you have built a wall, you've created created a scenario, and then you try to come down and make this into like a Pollyanna black white kind of situation. I don't and think that's it at all. I really don't. I really I, don't think I that's think it. I think it comes it down is... to that situation because no. here's the thing: every time which Harry's is. In these because every time Harry's in this situation, guess what? People are literally trying to kill him and his friends. Because look, I mean, uh, what, what we would find well, out- Well, but just like Harry said, I did this before and it worked for me. Even though he's consistently in these situations, he's only yet to fail. Harry, only worked for Harry because of the one connection. That's why it worked for Harry. It doesn't Harry. matter why it worked, it worked. But it doesn't it matter is, why. It is essential, Janina, because it wouldn't work. worked again here. But 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 that that's that's a protection that only works for Harry. Right. But then, he's not saying thing? that nobody he's not he's not promoting that everybody else do that. Well, I know but no, I, I think no, this question becomes because we face this similar question right again after the wedding. This right. question comes up again in the, in yes, the restaurant. Yes, it does. It comes up multiple times in multiple ways and throughout the entire series. It disastrous consequences. It may have disastrous consequences. However, the way that Harry reacts to this situation hasn't changed. He's not killing anybody. He's not even going to kill anybody I, I at the very end. He's he willing to I, die himself. I so this isn't new. I understand that we're not changing the content of the book. What I'm simply saying is that here you have, this is where I think is problematic. One of the most things that I find my biggest critique of this book is that you have created a war with real consequences. We are literally fighting a real war, right? We have really clear lines of partition about one side and the other side. You, you have someone who is running around. It's okay. Let's put it this way. It's literally the conversation we are having in our own political system. Right? We're having a situation where we have very clear division between what is one side and the other side. When we enter it, when we try to, no one is saying to be evil and whatever, but when we, when we keep on letting these people like, oh, like vote them out of office, but they can come on TV and have this conversation again, these people never go away and they continue to do evil and destruction. So that's I, all I'm simply saying. I think, I, and, I, and listen, I think you, you make a really strong point. Because that's why they're still having the, to battle these people because nobody has just all out and out just put them away. Uh, but right. Um, so I think that's until the very end of, of this book. And it's mostly um, how they do it 
they do it because of what Voldemort has put in place. That's how mm-hmm. they ultimately destroy him because of what he has done to keep himself immortal. They're able to destroy him. So, but I think that, um, you know, again, the, the ultimate price is paid by Mad-Eye um, because of the way the plan went down. And so we definitely see that there was um, a big sacrifice. Somebody has definitely sacrificed. Pe- people themselves. keep having to sacrifice for Harry. Mm-hmm. People keep dying for Harry. And I think this is something that we're going to have to keep. We're going to have to. We're, we're well, going to see it more. Are, people are dying for Harry, but they're also dying because they, they see, Harry, the as the, they see right. Harry as what's between them and Voldemort. It's not just oh we we love Harry so we know no, right you're absolutely right it's about that really because they see Harry is is what's between them and Voldemort it's the greater good yeah but not the way Dumbledore and Grindelwald <laughs> did. It, it is so, the greater and that that that's always a problematic statement right what is the good and what is greater than good yeah because yeah. It's, it's good for who and good for um and what what do, what is your definition of good and ethics come into play? But Janina is urging us to moving on because we're gonna have this discussion. It's gonna come up again and again. Trust me, yes, it will it be is. up again. So and of course we lose Mad Eye. Um, we lose Mad Eye. Um, we, we we meet Andromeda, Bellatrix's sister, and George, she's complete- George loses his ear. Loses an ear. And when when that happens, when George loses the ear, did you did you think of Snape? Not until they said it. Not until yeah, they me said too. Um, they, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, mean? it makes sense at the end when you find no, out what happened. No, Okay, what I mean is just like, I, I, Janine, I don't think I'm crazy, but I knew there was more to Snape Snorri than there was anything else. Because for one, we were following Snape. We have never really gone and seen other characters outside of Harry, right? For the most part. We mm-hmm. have been in book six. We went to Spinners, and and here when we beginning of this book, we went with we were literally following Snape when we got to the Malfoy's Manor, right? The first time right. we were there. Mm-hmm. So to me, I never thought that Snape was evil in that capacity. Like I know there was something more to the story. What it was, I wasn't entirely sure. When the situation with the air, I thought it was too much on the nose that he would cut off his air. Just like Snape is better than that. So there was something. There was something more to the oh, story. Oh, you're saying that you no, knew. No. You knew that Snape. If Snape meant to kill him, he could have. He would have done it. Right. That. That's not my question. My question is: oh. when we realize that George's ear is gone, uh-huh. did your mind go to Snape? Did it before they said no. that would have been Snape's work? No. But but I think the person said Snape did it around the same time. No. After. Yeah, they said he lost an ear. Um. And it said Snape's work, said Lupin. Snape, you didn't say. Right. He lost his hood during the chase. Sem- Secta Sempra was always a specialty of Snape's. I wish I could say I paid him back in kind, but it was all I could do to keep George on the broom after he was injured. He was losing so much blood. And there is Harry Potter trying to jump up, acting like he's ready for a fight. Bro, that ain't your ministry. It ain't your ministry. You ain't gonna fight Snape. You, you, you lost the last battle against Snape and you literally had a question come up about fighting and you're not willing to battle so 
But Snape is a trigger point for Harry. Snape wants to go after a battle with Harry. Would it be for the sake of battle? He still believes that that Snape killed Dumbledore, so he feels that he is morally vindicated in going after Snape. So this is just another layer to that as to why he would be like, "I'm going to get this man." But what he's going to do to this man, though, stun him. I don't know, Reels. Okay. I don't know. I'm All just right. saying that the difference I, I, no, is I, I, I get, he's I get ready to he's battle Snape. Thing. He wants to battle Snape. He does not have a reason to battle Stan Shunpike. No, I know that. I well, uh, Actually, he does have a reason to, to battle Stan Shunpike. Well, he he's doesn't have a history of, you know, <laughs> shit. He has no history with Snape. Right. I know he has history with Snape. But like I said, he's always itching to get ready to fight Snape. And, you know, he can't fight. But anyway. Um, this whole situation, you I thought was really, <laughs> it's one of my biggest gripe with this book. One of my biggest gripe with this. Book. I see that. I really thought that you know it's it's weird, and I, I would put it in this. I just because... think it's. I mean, I just think it's the last little piece of immaturity. It's like it's like when Harry swears he's gonna kill Sirius in book three. He's not gonna kill no Sirius. <laughs> Sirius, is, Sirius is an escaped convict. You know who has a court. At the point that he thinks he's going to kill Sirius, he thinks he's responsible for killer, having killed his parents. He thinks they say he, they killed 13 muggles. What are you going to do? But he still jumps out there with, I'm going to kill him because he betrayed my parents. I, th- but I think this, this, this thing with Snape here is the last little piece of immaturity of, I'm going to get him because he, he hurt the people that I care about. And I think when we see it, the when he gets to the real point of, you know, understanding all the different things he needs to understand, he's got a total different attitude. Mm-hmm. So, and he and he doesn't have that. I don't mean just because he knows Snape's story. It's totally different. What he goes through in the course of this book, I think if all of that, you know, a lot of that hot-headedness and impulsiveness is gone. Well, and not to mention, I mean, he does grow and he does learn because by the end of this book, he's using unforgivable curses. Yes, he is. But He's realizing that I have to do this. Right. But this is the thing that gets to me, right? Maybe it's me being too key or too <laughs> academic. It, it is what I was going to say is that the book, one of the the, the, the great things about, uh, great slash interesting thing, I would say, we can debate greatness, but one of the interesting things about these children's book is that in many children's series, the characters do not develop. They just basically stay the same, it's just yeah. new adventures. Yeah. And like, bigger part of the plot points, basically. They rarely age, they enter into a magical world, right. and That's they come right. out and go back to their regular selves. There is no real character genuine development. You get character scenes, you would get some character dealing with a particular emotion, but you see no real growth and development um, with the characters. Harry Potter is quite different with that. Yeah. And each book you get development. Each book is stronger than the next book, than the previous book in the sense that, you know, like you, every well, time Harry, you read the book, you, yeah. you get a sense that Harry is a year older. The characters are a year older. The characters have somewhat been through some things and seen some things. There's, I mean, Harry at the in book five, it was at a breaking point, literally at a breaking point. You know, in book six, it's it's like he's almost resigned to this. Is this like I cannot? 
and then Dumbledore dies, and then it's a whole other layer, which we see in the beginning here, where he's getting into his head, like, you know, death is a part of my life. My life basically began with, with, with death. But, but it's just these moments where, and I keep thinking, J.K. Rowling is really writing a book, a novel, you understand what I'm saying? And then she, deals, she puts in these complex situations and then deals with them in very childish ways. Right. With childish ways of getting out of the problem. And that's what really upsets me. Because this is a world building, unlike most other children's book world building. Because she's putting in place real situations here, right? We, because we have read these books many times. And there are many things, and we have said this many times, that this is making real-world analogies, right? You're drawing yeah. real-world references, historical references. But how she's trying to deal with these problems, you know, like, look, the trauma that these people are dealing with. The trauma is there. No one really talks about that. Adult readers get that. But how she's dealing with these big problems is just children away. Harry's going to be the good, evil decision, yada, yada, yada. And even the imperious, even the imperious um, curses that he uses, it's, it's, it's what? In a very chivalric way, right? He's being a hero, right? The woman spat in McGonagall's, McGonagall's face. And he takes away McGonagall's own agency because, as we see five minutes later, McGonagall could have deal with the, 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 the Carol's. If she wanted to, she's just trying to save children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she was right. just thinking about if I deal with this heifer right now, I'm going to be in jail. But, you know, she has to take this insult. But, you know, just to, I, but, you know, again, we're going to, we will get into this issue more so. And I don't want Janina to be, who's our timekeeper, to be in our faces. No, <laughs> we, we're going to, uh, I thought it was really, I think for me at this point in the book, one thing I was just like, oh, God. We're going to have to be dealing with debts constantly, aren't we? People are going to be really dying. No one is really safe in some respect. I knew Harry would live. I didn't think she would kill Harry. Um, well, that I was Harry a big discussion. That was a big discussion as people were preparing for the, for the final book to come out. Um, and that was a big discussion in the fandom. That was a big discussion at conferences before the final book came out. There was, you know, there was debate as whether all three of them would survive or if um, the two of them were maybe Ron and Hermione would be the two who survived. So there was that kind of discussion um, about that. I mean, it was obvious that we were going to lose some important characters in the right, and that she. That, and that not just important characters, we're going to lose important minor characters, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we I was prepared for that no one was safe. I mean, Dumbledore, Dumbledore was a major character. So, I mean, we lost Dumbledore in the last book. So that was, I think the fact that we lost Dumbledore kind of was like, oh, there probably isn't anybody that right. isn't uh, available to go. This is like um, Game of Thrones in the book. Mm-hmm. When Eddard Stark got his head cut off, I was just mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. What? What? No, no. Boromir lost his head? Like, what? No. <clears throat> I, I was totally like, prepared for Harry to die anybody, up until the anybody. moment he didn't. Um, I, I didn't. I knew the boy who lived would live. In my mind, I knew that. I, I was convinced. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was I not anxious it. about that. I was anxious about Lupin. Yeah. Um, you know, I, was, I was anxious. Well, for, uh, as I was that was I was heartbroken, but we won't go there because we're we not there there. yet. But, but I was, uh, I was, you know, I think, and I think the the kind of what happens to to George is kind of the foreshadowing mm-hmm. to come. 
um, over, you know, real close mem- close people right. to him. I mean, he was close to Mad Eye, and he had a, you know, in a cast of Paul. It said in the very next chapter that you know his death cast a pall over everything, but it was not he w- didn't have that strong relationship with Mad Eye. So I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's Mad Eye, it's Mad Eye. I don't feel like Mad Eye was ever around in a great capacity. Not well, as himself. But, but who Mad Eye meant was to the older generation. To the older and Mad Eye was, even... was more about Mr. Weasley and, and Mrs. Weasley. And yeah, Dale but even Hermione Hermione says, I can't believe he's dead. He just always seems so tough. Like I don't know. That just didn't fit. That for might me. be a thing, but I but but I think Hermione coming from for me, I took that as being Hermione has to trust in the magic, right? And her trust in this world. This is not her forte, right? This is right. well, this is not her world. So she has to trust in because this the, the the kind of knock against this book too in many ways is that we see character development very clearly for Harry, but the minor characters you have to see that on the periphery. She too is going through that moment where she has to, she's making all these big decisions herself, right? Because she's coming to the realization now that really, truly, we have to do this. It's we three who have to do this. Ron might be a little shaky, but you know what I mean? That, that she, she don't even trust Harry. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be honest, she doesn't, that she has to, that, that what she's given and what she has to give up and what she has to do. And I don't think, they expected really and truly that someone is going to hold their backs against him. I don't think what the, the odd thing is that I don't think that these children ever really felt and truly thought that they would have had to have faced Voldemort in person. Why? I don't think if you they mean Ron felt... and Hermione. Well, no, I think but Harry you can't probably... mean Harry. No, Harry already I... has. Right, Harry already had, but I don't. I think they thought that in some ways. They were dancing around that issue, right? Because they felt that they were going to go around the wall and do all of the things that they're gonna do and get rid of everything, and then perhaps someone else would have dealt with that part of the problem. I never because, thought that because they're not thinking long term, you know. They're thinking at one problem at a time. Because right. because we we see this when they're at the battle, right? Where there is a scramble now, they have to go deal with this man. <laughs> all right, it becomes. A battle as to who's going to go deal with him. But just like people, you can't deal with Voldemort. I don't know. I, I never expected that because that, honestly, that would have just been weird. They had they, to, there had to be a battle with Voldemort. Because, they, because they're not prepared for that battle, Janina. I realize they're not prepared, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't, that it wasn't going to happen. Well, right, I but think, they, I, but, they, all, but they knew that all they had, they knew that they... They once they destroyed the Horcruxes, right. then they were going to meet a much weakened right Voldemort. Voldemort. So that the fight think, really wasn't the fight to Voldemort wasn't an open fight. What that do you mean open fight? They couldn't openly fight Voldemort. No, I mean they had what they the, were the doing fight was the, destroying right, exactly. piece by piece. That was where they were good at. That that was right. where they were much more confident and capable in doing. But right. I think. I think as that time got closer and closer, we see that that becomes a thing, right? That that's not an easy task to then go do the last thing because they have to deal with because in doing that thing, Voldemort is still operating and doing destruction and they have to deal with losses themselves. Right. So, you know, so right. it becomes a, a thing. So to me, I, I thought, but, but Janina, you are right in many, you 
you have a point in saying that to a certain extent that might just be J.K. Rowling just writing something in there that doesn't really touch where the truth of the matter lies. You know what I mean? Like Hermione he didn't really have much access to um, the real Mad-Eye. But I think the, the sentiment that I got around the other players, the other people, I thought that that made sense to me. That they knew Mad-Eye and they knew the... Like Bill, I think, is probably about 20-something, like mm-hmm. late 20s. That mm-hmm. he would have got the vibe. Because Molly and um, Arthur are older, generation above the Potters. Right. And remember, um, it was Arthur who was so worried about Mad-Eye in book four that he raced, you know, right. they were good he friends. raced to go there to keep him from getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. Right, because um, what's his because, name went sent him, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he wanted to make sure that, you know, he could put the best spin on it um, of what Mad-Eye was doing. So, you know, they have a connection to him, and they've probably, remember, Ron knew who he was. He was able to share the stories <laughs> when Mad Eye comes to, um, to to Hogwarts. So I think that even though there was this kind of disconnect in terms of age wise, I think that they were able to pass those stories on. So I think he was kind of a mythical figure in a way mm-hmm. to people who hadn't served alongside. Yeah, a little big war hero kind of like, yeah. you know, like... yeah, 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 yeah. So he's that kind of... So I understood being... But you know, often, you know, sometimes J.K. Rowling used Hermione to give Ron's feeling. <laughs> if she wants Ron to have a feeling, it's Hermione who's signaling to that feeling, right? And not Ron himself. But the most annoying part of this section of the book for me, before the <laughs> wedding and during the wedding, is I'm like, girl... Voldemort did to come on your doorstep when you're planning a wedding. Like, what are we really doing out here? This is insane. Sanity. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Reels, you know, when you read stories about people during wartime, during other kinds of um, uh, times of, of crisis, people try to do some things that are normal. Mm-hmm. To show that life goes on. And um, it's already been explained, actually. Yeah. Molly explains it in the end of the last book. People, the last time you know who, she says, the last time you know who was rising to power, people made all kinds of rushed hurry decisions of getting married and blah, 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 because they thought they were going to die. Right. So this was already explained. And I'm I think, sorry. I, I but, think that- adult, but, but Voldemort isn't likely to show up at your doorstep trying to get the most wanted wizard in history. Right. <laughs> I'm well, that's, like... that's that's true, but they think they're making a plan. They think they're making a plan that they're going to be able to have this wedding without um, getting out that Harry's there. So, you know, even though we think that, I know I, I raised my eyebrow at that, but I think... <laughs> uh, um, I think they, they're okay. so desperate to have as much normalcy as possible for this wedding that, you know, they just went ahead with it. And not really thinking this is there's no way he's not going to and they thought they put all the protections on the place i mean they really thought they were doing as much as they could to make it a safe event but but this is the part that gets me just like where because i'm just gonna spend two seconds on this and then (laughs) why are you lying (laughs) <laughs> because I just want to be clear, because part of the problem was that they knew that the ministry, they couldn't transport using 
ordinary magic, right? Because of the right. magic that is protected, that is controlled by the or regulated by the ministry. Therefore, most of the magical protection that you have in place is also regulated by the ministry. And guess what you do? You held an international affair. It isn't because <laughs> you hold. This what happened. I mean, we got uh, what's his name? Oh my God, Crumb Victor Crumb coming from Bulgaria. Yes. We got the French we, people. We, we got, got, got the English. Yeah, they got the Bobatons came. We got people from all over the world coming to this place. It's just like, girl, what are we doing? Like, of course, this is going to be the place. No, had they had the wedding someplace else? If the wedding were happening and the wedding not be at the Weasleys, the biggest blood traitors there are in the freaking camp. Who just happens to be the best family friend of the person most wanted? Yeah, oh, go yeah. on. Have the wedding at the Weasley's house because that is the place. They might as well have had this shit at Grandma's place, basically. It's well, like, yes, it's... Before, be, well, before the wedding, remember, Harry's starting to get the visions again. Um, he's starting to see right. things. Um, and I think we need to, to make note of that. Um, because that's that's always been an issue for Harry, especially with Harry and and Hermione, because she's like you. I thought you were supposed to stop that, you know. But, but it also means two things. It also means two things that that they not they did they not even thinking about that one. See, Harry doesn't listen. That Harry is quote unquote losing control as Hermione is upset with. But it also means Voldemort is losing control. Yeah. Because he had a Ted Dumbledore so that he had closed that connection. And as we can see, that connection isn't really closed. That when he is heightened, Harry is not only feeling the emotion, Harry is seeing the situation, which is scary to think mm -hmm. in of itself. But I was just like, this wedding, particularly as I'm reading it now for, for this podcast, I'm just like... Did these idiots have a wedding, an international wedding? They might as yep. well have this in the middle of Buckingham Palace or something like that. Let's let everybody know we're going to do this. Like, I don't know this is. And this was a big affair, right? That this wasn't like a little thing. But for me, the most interesting thing was Elpheus Doge and the little tidbits that Harry is hearing during the wedding, where right. Harry becomes aware that no, he's asking the question that we know we had asked last week. He didn't know Dumbledore. Now, Dumbledore. You see, you're, you're leaping ahead, Reels, because we got to talk about that will. Yeah. We got to oh, talk, yes. oh, so oh, yes. oh, yes. talk about that. He's just mad that, you know, any of that even happened, all this hanging out. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Let me just add to that will, because that came in my mind and slipped out immediately. The fact that the Minister of Magic could show up at this secret place is madness in and of itself. It's just like, this ain't secret. This well, no, no, right, but, but I mean, they put on more protections before the wedding, not, not, because this is before, this is that would lead up to the wedding, um, when he comes, and doesn't he come with Percy or something? No, he came by himself. This time, this right, time he comes, time by, he comes himself. by himself. Yeah, by himself but, to, I mean, to, this is Arthur Weasley's boss. Right. I think, I think that I, I never thought of it. What I never questioned how he got in. He would be able to get in, not because of his magic, but because of his status. If he wanted to be there, he would be there, and someone would allow that to happen. That's how I took it. No, I thought that he got in 
I don't know how he got in. <laughs> That's how I always took that. I'm I didn't. Like, I I honestly didn't question it. No one is because even it. when, I mean, Kingsley sends. Is this the point? Yeah, Kingsley sends the. Uh, that's that's at the end, but we have to do. Oh, is that is that the end? So this one, he just shows up. Yeah, because we never see him again. We never see uh, Scrimger again. Right. And that was, I have to say, that was one of those things like Deb love magical artifacts. I was like, ooh, a wizarding whale. How interesting. Ooh, let me hear more. <laughs> I was like, I was very fascinated by this. And this, was, this was the birthday dinner. And right. um, they get the, the Patronus from, from Arthur saying that the Minister of Magic is coming home with him. So he comes home with Arthur because he wants to speak to Harry. Well, in the case, he wants to speak to all three of them. So there really wasn't any time for them to wonder why he was coming or what was, what was up. And when he comes, he realizes that they were having Harry's birthday party. Um, he takes them off to the side and he has a conversation about what Dumbledore left them in his will. And this so, is way this is way I think magical these magical people are knowing the shit out of me because bro you're still chasing this Dumbledore ghost you got work to do you're not doing anything well you know and I think Scrimjaw you know we he's just a little step above Fudge to me um, <laughs> I mean seriously I mean they play Fudge for a comic relief almost but Scrimjaw is not much more you know he may have been was he a, a Auror. But he's yeah. not much braver when it comes, when the rubber meets the road. You know, he's still looking for Harry to help bail him out. He's still examining whatever Dumbledore had less, has left behind for some clue as to what he should do. So that doesn't surprise me. Well, I think Scrimgeour, I mean, I would say in Scrimgeour's defense, I had more confidence in Scrimgeour than I had in Cornelius Fudge. I think what happened is that by the time Scrimgeour is First of all, Scrimgeour might not be as, in many ways, he might not have been the, the, the appropriate leader for this situation, right? He was just, I think Dumbledore says something along the line, like, he, he looks, uh, uh, Harry mentions, you know, he looks capable, right? And Dumbledore added that, you know, Scrimgeour knows his job, which was the head of the oral department. But as in far as being a leader, he might not have been. But I would say in, in Scrimgeour's defense, he inherited, he inherited a shit of a problem, right? Because <laughs> he invented the biggest problem. And, ever, and I think at this point, I think this is why Dumbledore moves and has to move a different course. Because at that point, because Dumbledore, um, Dumbledore Grim, Voldemort was allowed, Tom Riddle, I should say Tom Riddle, you can come after me, Voldemort. I got you. I'm afraid of you. Because Tom Riddle um, has already set his tentacles in place. You know, there's not much Scrimgeour is left. There's not much Scrimgeour could do because, I mean, honestly, what can the magical community do at this point? I mean, have we really thought about that? Like, no. Dumbledore is dead. What can they do to counter Voldemort? Because Voldemort is presenting the very, the opposite of Dumbledore. You know what I mean? So it's like, there are many people, as we know, who believe much of the, the bullshit Dumbledore, Voldemort spews. So they're like, Mm, if you're trying to kill me, I'm cool with that. 
You know what I mean? Because they all they know dumb. I mean, everybody know Voldemort is back, and Voldemort is not wanting to sit idly by and just you know do a little gardening. He didn't come back to do gardening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, shit. so I mean, this is this is the question that no one is saying, right? This is the thing that we're not reading in the newspaper, which is Harry is so looking for all the time. Voldemort has come back, but what is his plan? What does he want? What is he doing? No one is asking this situation. No one is asking those kind of questions. So everybody is like, mm, let me just keep my head what? down. Wait, why Why would they? I mean, don't we know what he's doing? He's trying to create this all wizard, pure blood that he wouldn't even truly be a part of society. We know this. We as the reader Everyone know. This. I think the people know this. Of course they know this. I, I think that's what he did the last time. And he, people are expecting that if he comes back, now that he's back, he's going to do exactly, he's going to try to pick up where he left off. Which was that, you know, he was killing people. He was, and he's already started doing that. Right. So I think they know exactly what he's going to do. Um, he's trying to uh, gain power. He's trying to gain influence. I think they know exactly what he's going to do. But this is, but but no one is openly moving against him. Or like there is no resistance to him. So Except I think because the, the remnants of the order. Or, well, the order, order defeating, which right. is the same as last time, right? Exactly. Right. So exactly. We're back to so so. I think this is where Scrimger. This is why I think Scrimger doesn't. There isn't much option for Scrimger to do because I think a lot of people are with the devolve them all line. We saw this with um. I think Sirius said this right. His family wouldn't openly necessarily say right. they are with, you know, Voldemort. But, you know, he got the, you know, he, he spoke the views. And again, reality. We know this kind of situation, right? Oh, I'm not racist. Oh, I'm not racist. I have black friends. I have Asian friends. <laughs> but, you know, I'm voting for Trump for the economic reasons. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, right. So I think this is something she doesn't flesh out. In the books per se, but I think as we, you know, older readers, we we can see those connections being made clearly in the back. You know what I mean? Well, even, I think even Sirius says that you know um, people can't be divided into good people and Death Eaters. Right. So. So we know that people have varying shades of gray in terms of who they support and who who they're willing to how far they're willing to go. The Death Eaters and the and Voldemort's followers are all in. Um, I think then, then there, there are other people who are basically, like you said, he's not bothering me, so I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, mixed blood. I'm just going to go ahead and, right. and live pure my blood, life. Right, pure blood line is a very exactly. popular line. Exactly. So I think that that's very, very much so. And I think that Scrimjaw finds himself you know, just trying to tread water in a lot of ways. Right. And he's looking for something. And when he brings these objects to Harry, Ron, and Hermione, he's looking, you know, he's looking for their reactions. Like that's going to tell him something that he can use. Like why why do you think he left um the delimitator to to you, Ron? I mean, it's a valuable object. It's his own design. You know, even he's just, even he's, more even more valuable because Dumbledore made it right. So why would he leave it to you? And so he's trying. It's not so much like he. I don't. You know, doesn't think much of Ron. He's looking for some clue. 
as that to he what can, the deal is. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then when because, he asks Hermione the same, you know, why would he leave you this book? It's the same thing. He's looking for something, but he doesn't know what he's even looking for. But the other thing, the the because he knew there is something happening here because they're the only students. Yeah, have been specifically willed in the book, in the in the will. They've been been gifted anything. Well, happy to know that the, um, there are no um, wizarding taxes. So I would like a wizarding <laughs> will for sure. <laughs> Let me just no. say that. Um, but I mean, Dumbledore has a considerable amount of property and things and whatever. We've seen the study, which is fascinating. So I think that's why Scrimger comes in and he's just like, what's happening here? And he was looking at this and trying to figure out something because I think he wants Anandi trying to get rid of Dumbledore of Voldemort. And also he wants a political message, and which yeah. is the problem that Scrimger is, is in. What he wants more than any, he wants more else. than anything is a political yes. message. It's to make a political message in the middle of a mess is problematic, right? If you, if, if you're putting po politics above people, we are going to be in a scrimgeour type position, right? Yes, yes. And and, and that is, I, I think this is where Harry and where the children become an excellent use for this um, problem. It's because they are not a part of, they're not concerned about politics, right? Hermione has to remind Harry of politics. Like, this is what this really means, you know what I mean? So I think this is where I think Dumbledore, well, it's popular in children literature, where children are useful in this manner to drive the plot and to be the vehicle for the battle, basically, because children are not bogged down by politics and whatever. You you look at the small people, you know, you're not considering the little people, um, which we know would be an issue um, with Voldemort. But um, Janine so given. Well, wait, so so when Scrimgeour shows up, right, and mm -hmm. he hands out everything. Candy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I, I was so, like, I had no idea why any of... The only thing that made sense to me, honestly, was the book, because we know that Hermione likes books. We don't know why. We don't know anything about this book. We've never heard anything about this book, I don't believe, up until this point. Um, the other things are familiar to us. We are familiar with the Deluminator. You know, we're familiar with Snitches and that one. Um, but the book was kind of like, huh, what's that? But it made sense for Hermione. Didn't really feel like anything that Ron got the Deluminator, you know, and um, I mean, but we know that Dumbledore wouldn't just, he wouldn't just give them something for the sake of giving it. Of course it would mean something. And yeah. I remember like, there's so much in this book that, I mean, just from the title, you know, we talked about it before the Deathly Hallows. What the hell is that? I mean, there's and just so much. We is. still don't know what it is. So it's like, oh, it's 30 pages in the book and we don't well, you we know, still don't know what it is. Right. But, you, but I think I think um, well, we still we've never had any mention of it because we have been used to having um, being somewhere in the middle of the book to get what it is. Right. The Sorcerer's Stone, the Chamber of Secret to figure out fully what the real thing is. 
But I think for many ways, we had some sort of clue earlier on. We didn't get an early clue for the Deadly Hallows, though. Well, we've we've been dealing with them. We just didn't don't, know. Don't we just didn't exactly. know what they were. Them many times. We right. just didn't know them as that under that umbrella. Yeah. And what they meant when they were all together. But and the other thing that Scrimjaw says is that Dumbledore left the sword of Gryffindor. Right. But he said it wasn't Dumbledore's to give away. Yeah. So he did not bring it. He did it was not that he wished to give you that sword because he believed, as do many, that you are destined to destroy he who must not be named. So you know, it's a, there's a, the, also the exchange between Harry and Scrimjaw is very testy. Ooh. And I love it. I love it's it. Very shady. It's and here is Harry. But it's funny, you know, Harry. Harry is one to internally question Dumbledore. But don't you dare say a bad word about my Dumbledore, right? Right, <laughs> right. But it, but it's so interesting because Harry, you know, unless he is, unless it's somebody like Snape, Harry's very respectful to yeah. any adult. Adult. You know, he doesn't. The only reason he feels like he does, he feels like he and Snape have a very bad history. But for any other adult, Harry basically is like, you know, minding his manners. But he is totally through with Scrimjaw. Well, he's been and... through with Scrimjaw before, right? Because I think he met Scrimjaw yeah. in book six. When yeah, Scrimjaw he's wanted a... him to just the show, just just pop into the ministry from time to time. Yeah. See you walking around and like, you know, <laughs> you feel like you Let's show boy. that we're all on the same team here. A little right, photo right. op. That's such a mess. That's I love, though. I loved that that it was Hermione. I mean, it's always Hermione, right? Who knows all the things. She's like, no, it's it's wizarding law that the ministry has, you know, 30 days or 31 days to go through everything before they, you know, they can hold it to examine, blah, 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 before they have to turn it over. But, I mean, Hermione's just so amazing. She but, even knows the she, Quidditch history, right? But, but, she's but, like, this, you know, she's like, oh, the snitch has flush memory and They'd be so lost. Deuce Machina, but the interesting thing that comes up. I Deuce Machina because she's always been that way. So go she, Deb, Deb, we're gonna fight about this. We're gonna fight about this. Book this. one, but, she has been that way. But 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 that's my point. Since book one, she has been this way, and that become because it is the one. You know, we've never gone home with Hermione, right? Right. We've never gone home with her. Her parents have just been like silent figures, kind of like in the back. Yep. In a way. I think they came once during in Chamber book of three. Secrets. Well, yeah, book three. three. Was it, wasn't it, didn't they come to the bookstore? They, maybe they, probably, they may have been there at the bookstore. Yeah. And they also were there when um, Harry, Hermione met them when Harry had run away, had blown up Aunt Marge. Yeah. And um, they met her in they met him in Diagon Alley. Is Diagon Alley is where that place called? So, but I would have but but uh, what I wanted to um, point, Janina, don't forget your memory. Is that it's that the same vibe people get when they see Hermione, right? The Ministry dislikes Hermione one because I think because she knows everything. She knows and the two, rules because I think also she's not a pure blood. She's a sure. muggle. Yeah, and there is that vibe where everybody fudge keeps. There is this looking their nose down at Hermione, right? Like little girly girl, like what you now? Like, are you consider um, um, a profession in a future in magical law or whatnot? She's just like, bitch, I just read. What you gonna do about that? Mm-hmm. But you know, this is a this is an attitude I think is quite 
insidious for the books with the people when they're dealing with Hermione particularly. It's very annoying. But what do you mean? Who, who? Like they just this this constant dismissal. It might be sexist. It might be oh, a it's sexist definitely issue. sexist. Oh, it's, it's definitely sexist. Part of it. I think that's well, bigger. I think it's right, but, it's, but I it's think bigger it's bigger than he's sexism. Dismissive too. of Ron too. The only reason he's not dis- he's dismissive of Harry, but he feels like he needs him. He says to him, "I'm you know I'm not uh, I'm not Dumbledore who forgave your insolence and insubordination. You may wear that scar like a crown, Potter, but it's yeah. not up to a seventeen year old boy to tell me how to do my job. It's time you learn some respect." So I mean, he said, "Put some respect behind my name. right." But then Harry said, "It's time you earn some respect." So I mean, <laughs> it, was some, it was some back and forth. It was some word for word, as my grandmother mm-hmm. would say, you know, of, on this kind of conversation. So he tells him, "I don't like your methods," um, and he, you know, he knew he showed him his his um his 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 fist where it still says, "I must not tell lies." He feels like. Nobody was willing to help me when y'all yes. had that woman right, in there. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, anyway, I, right, exactly. And I'm right. Nobody lifted a finger to stop her. And so I'm not doing anything that you guys want me to do. Yeah. I was done with that. I was just like, you go, Harry. I enjoyed because that. Part. Let me tell you I enjoyed something. that too. Dolores Umbridge is supposed to be in jail. She's definitely under the jail. Thank you. That's even better. I mean, like, though I, I'm, I'm all about abolishing prison, but there's some people who cannot be allowed to be around people. Like, she can't be around children or nothing like that. So, I am all for Dolores being jailed. She's a sadist. It's disgusting. It's it was, very, very disgusting. She was getting so much pleasure from that torture that it was, it really was very, very uncomfortable how much pleasure she was getting from that torture. And we'll see even mm-hmm. worse. So... But um, but you know the family is why I said what I said in book five. But we will move on, move on. But so they had the wedding. I was I'm always intrigued by magical food, but we didn't really see much of that. But it was the gossip at the magical wedding, I think, which was most intriguing. And at Muriel is a hot mess. She's like nearly a hundred and something. Yeah, but. she's she's 107 and she needs a seat. But we're going to uh, get yes. into her next time. But we're going to save her for next time. Really? We can't just get into that right now? Cut it out, no, real. I'm going to get into that without talking about um, Elfie's Everything else. And everything else that came after that. Oh, so Janine isn't trying to give us a 12 episode anymore. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Listen, exec- I want a slow, low crawl through this. Oh, I see. Doing a slow roll. (laughs) Uh, And then you get mad at me when I'm dealing with the bogging down with the weeds of the magical analysis. No, it's fine. It just means we're going to have probably, I'm going to predict 15 podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) How many chapters did we cover today? Oh, I, but I mean, those, those scenes in the those scenes in the forest do not lend themselves to long conversations. Yeah, so that stop. We'll, we'll be yeah, jumping just, ahead once. Yeah, we get don't to you the worry, realsy, right. realsy. I thought I thought we went to that really good clip today. I thought we did. I thought we did well. <laughs> so this is barely fun. Listen, so stop patting yourselves on the back while we're still recording. We usually do that afterwards. <laughs> but I, I think we want to just reaffirm what the our listening audience is hearing, listening public. They know it. So just say it. <laughs> We're here. We, right? we agree. We agree. Right, So, Dima? you know, snitch. Oh, oh I just want to say something. 
What? Did when you read this book when the will came, um, did you remember the, the the flesh memory and how Harry had caught it? I didn't remember until it was mentioned. I really didn't. Right. <laughs> what about did you? You? you probably did. I didn't remember it until I did remember until they mentioned it. Because it. I was just like in my head, I was just like, Ain't you that is this because but I didn't know how it worked, right? Because I just thought whoever touched it, right? But apparently it's wherever you touched it that matters. Which might be some little mention she made, but I thought yeah, that was, that was interesting. That was yeah, interesting. It was. And you know what else I liked about this part when um when Ron is later ex- um explaining Beetle the Bard the book, um, yes, I love 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 when they're like talking about Cinderella. Cinderella. So he's like, like, is that an illness? Like, what is that? An illness? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's we Ron is such an underrated piece of this entire world between Ron Harry and Hermione because he really is you know the person that explains all the wizarding world stuff but he does it in such kind of a a doofy laroofy way that he doesn't get a lot of credit for all of the information that he brings to the table he gives us a lot of information well his is organic his is organic it's what he's his lived experience hermione's is what she has read and studied and right it's what committed to memory and and but ron's is really i'm i'm coming to you out of my lived experience Mm -hmm. but i think that's the difference and that is the i don't know if it's underrated but it is deliberately how it's set up in terms of the trinity as deb always points to right like the trio that's how it's set up, right? You have pure blood, you have pure um, muggle, and you have half and half in Harry. And it's Harry who is bridging these two worlds together. But I, I think what was um, what was fascinating for me with this group for them, it's it's just how this sort of um, how this how Ron forgets the fact that in Ron, one of the things that happens is that Ron doesn't think about blood at all. Mm-mm. He just thinks, oh, these are my mates. These are my best friends. Like, oh, wait a minute. Like, he never says, like, oh, yeah, forget y'all are muggles. <laughs> you know, he never right, says that, right? right? He right. just assumes that, you know, his wall is is their wall and they assume their wall because they're just like, come on, they're just like, wait, you know who Beatles the Bad is? Like, what? Like, what is this? She's like, how do you get to know something that like, I, I don't, don't know? Exactly. Because that she, was very elitist of her. But no, but it's also her <laughs> lived experience, right? Where right. they always ask her questions. Yeah. And plus, this book is in runes. Right. She didn't even know the book is a children's book. Right. That she didn't assume it because she never, she didn't take the book as a children's book. It's yeah. Ron who explained to her, this is a children's book. And as we would know, it's not the story that is messy. It's what's written on the side. But we weren't going to get ahead. So thank you very much for listening to another exciting episode. We have covered three chapters, I think. Oh, it's been much more than three. Cut the shit. I, no, 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 no. In this episode. Oh, okay. Relax. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as always, this is, this is always, I look forward to this um, conversation. And you lady bring new perspective to me. And hopefully I bring new perspective. Uh, Janina, just think he's no, we, we <laughs> definitely. Oh, I think that often, Deb. <laughs> no, yes, Deb. I know. No, I, know. I love it. I love it. I'm I love it too, and I still think you're crazy. Yeah. So, it's, it's I think that's some amazing discussion, and I love that the fact that we can bring—we're not just meddling in children's affair—that we can bring, you know, 
real life analogy to the situation and conversation. So, as always, this is wonderful. So, let's say together. Oh, don't forget, Janina, everyone who listens, you can hear us everywhere in the world. On everywhere in the world. <laughs> everywhere in the world. You know, unfortunately, we don't have different languages, but you know. Wherever you like to download your podcast, you will find us. Please don't forget to rate and review. Share your love for us with your friends. Exactly. Yes. And JK Rowling, you know, that we think, you know, she wrote a decent book, but, you know, she's messy in real life. She's messy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time. Uh, Mischief. Mischief Managed. Managed. Yay.